0: These were connected to various monitors from terrestrial sources and from satellites travelling to the outer reaches of space. He also had access to a top-secret project he currently assisted with in Area 51. He, along with other leading scientists and technicians, had been working on this latest project. George's large workshop meant he had been able to work with design and development machines far ahead of their time. George was a logically intelligent man. He knew the planet could not sustain human life at its current rate of growth. The thing he didn't take into account when he devised Saviour was that war thinned out the human race. Disasters gave the planet time to restructure and rejuvenate, but by his and his father's intervention they had inadvertently added to the current crisis. George's other focus was on a secret project that had been underway for five years now, the development and production of manned spaceships capable of travelling to distant planets as and when Voyager 3 found a suitable one. Although he realised the journey would last several generations, even with the new solar drive that he developed, he imagined travelling through the stars and wondered what it would be like for the generation who eventually arrived on a new planet. George couldn't imagine how long the journey would take. He wondered whether the original astronauts would still be alive, or whether it would be their great-great-great-grandchildren, or further into the future. George was thinking about this quandary and adventure when the intercom buzzed. "'George!' snapped his wife Anne. "'When are you coming up? It's almost midnight.' ''On my way, honey,'' said George. ''Oh,'' said Anne, Church called. ''Okay,'' said George, as he started to switch off a few monitors, and then picked up his phone to call Church. He was about to dial his number when a high-pitched squeal came from one large screen, interrupting him. George looked at the Voyager 3 monitor. The squeal turned into a loud intermittent alarm. George stared wide-eyed at the screen as streams of information downloaded. He went to a control panel and paused information on various sections. The top of the screen never changed, Planet X24609-2016, Sector 164B-64.67. George looked at the data on the screens. He read the relevant information about Planet X24609, 64.67 billion light years away. George started to perspire as he read the information. His palms tingled with excitement as his mouth felt dry as the information repeated across the screen. He wiped his brow and shouted, "'Eureka! I found it! "'This planet has all the elements perfect for sustaining human life!' He mumbled to himself as he compared data from the screen about Earth and its makeup, from water molecule density to solar radiation levels. Delighted, he went over and kissed the screen. "'The intercom buzz,' George said. "'Yes, honey, I know. I'm sorry I'm late. "'I have some wonderful news,' he laughed. "'You'd better come up now,' interrupted Anne. George detected a seriousness in her voice. Is everything okay, Anne? George asked. I don't know. Please come quick, pleaded Anne, sounding distraught. I'm away, said George, and hurried upstairs. Anne was looking out of the window. She appeared bewildered and scared. What is it, honey? What's wrong? Anne didn't answer. She took George's hand and led him outside onto the lawn. George instantly saw the cause of Anne's distress as he looked towards the heavens. The now vivid luminous blue sky had the large bright glowing immense orbit at its centre. George thought a vast solar system had suddenly appeared and inexplicably materialised around the planet Earth, with a translucent sun at its centre. The immense sphere appeared to have no mass or density, just a cloud of white energy, which, although terrified them, gave George and Anne a euphoric, peaceful feeling. What do you think it is? Anne asked. I've no idea, honey, said George, and laughed. Maybe an alien invasion. Although he wondered whether his recent discovery may have prompted an alien attack, but he's confused because Voyager 3 hadn't yet found any traces of life forms. Orbs of light darted around the immense globe. George noticed these orbs were either crimson or rainbow coloured. He thought about what Church and Sarah told him about the spirit world. Their description matched what appeared to be happening here. George knew the entire world's population would be focused on this event, and he, along with the rest of mankind, could be witnessing something magnificent. A car suddenly screeched to a halt. Sarah got out and ran towards George and Anne. "'George's concentration on the heavy event was broken "'when he saw the distraught Sarah dashing towards him. "'Are you okay, sir?' "'He didn't finish his sentence as Sarah leapt and hugged him. "'She seemed distressed and wept uncontrollably "'as she grabbed Anne and pulled her closer, "'hugging them both in a tight embrace. "'Are you okay, Sarah? Do you know what's happening?' "'asked Anne, who felt like Sarah was squeezing the life out of her. "'Sarah didn't reply, only hugged them tighter. "'Another woman got out of the car and walked up to the group.' and george's attention then refocused on the heavens as another strange phenomena unfolded five huge glowing orbs emerged from the main sphere and hovered in the sky